Hello, welcome to the CarCast and Edmonds podcast. I'm Matt, the moderator of the Andrew, here with Alistair Weaver. See you in the offices today over at Edmonds. Hi, Anne. Fancy backdrop, fancy studio we install. We'll have to get you down here, Matt, one day. We can, like we a, can be filmed, we can, we can do our hair, we can, we can look great. It's like a Vegas nightclub in there. Look at it. It's all fancy and purple. <laughs> it is. You sort of sit here. I've turned the lights down. We're normally like, like, like in the best newscaster tradition. You sit here like being beamed with light, but I... I turned them down this occasion, so it does. Yeah, just need a gin and yeah. tonic, and away we go. Um, so we were kind of talking about uh, uh, what's going on in the car world right now, and we're just kind of gearing up for a bunch of new launches to to come out throughout the year. There's not a whole lot of things that are that are being debuted at this moment, but there's a pretty full docket of new vehicles coming out. Um, I thought maybe we can run through some of those things to see what we're looking forward to, especially if people are starting to consider uh, a new car, you know, do, do they wait or do you, do you get something that's, that's currently out there on the lot now? Maybe there's a little bit better deal uh, now versus, you know, when, when the new car is out, but is it worth it or not? Yeah. I mean, we are insanely busy at the moment. We have like 40 people in the team and we have people, all over the place. I think we've got like four trips to Europe this month for, you know, various different vehicles. We've got, you know, we've got two trips to put, you know, Europe with Porsche in the next, in March, sort of April. It's just, it just sort of goes on and on. And and it's just, you know, an, an incredibly busy period of, you know, a lot of it is gas still, but also EVs. And of course that yeah. market's a bit up in the air at the moment. So, I mean, we just had somebody out in Germany with the new Mini Countryman, which is, huge by the way uh not really very many at all uh somebody driving the new ram today and you know all this stuff's going to be going to be flowing out on the site so yeah busy busy time where do you want to start should we start at a let's just let's just kind of run through it alphabetically i think that's the easiest way we got a couple of of, of notes here in front of me so i don't uh, you know screw this up too much but um yeah i'm, I'm sure we're going to forget a few things because things keep coming out from from you know like you were saying, invitations to events keep coming out uh, quickly. So this isn't going to be an all-inclusive list. But yeah, let's start at Acura. What's going on with Acura? I mean, I was in Monterey and I saw them uh, debut the ZDX and looking forward to that. But that's on the same platform as the Cadillac, which seems to be having some issues. So <laughs> Yeah, well, our Chevy Blazer, if you regular yeah. listener to the show, our Chevy Blazer is still, is actually downstairs. It's working okay at the moment. It's got to go, go and be back to the dealer and be you know, have another firmware update. It's kind of interesting, like some of it's over the air and then for certain things they need, they physically need the vehicle. So yeah, uh, obviously there's a Honda Prologue, which is uh, which is the Honda version, then the Acura version with the, the ZDX and both of which are based on GM's Ultium technology, which underpins the Chevy, underpins the Cadillac, underpins a bunch of other stuff as well and has proved hugely problematic. So um interesting times but zdx looks like a nice thing they get it all working looks like a nice thing you know when i and i when i talked to them about it, i talked to the to the designers about it they were saying that you know obviously they're they're a little biased and they they like their version more than the cadillac version but they were saying that um uh, they made much better use of this space they just think it's an, an overall roomier more comfortable vehicle to be in uh especially compared to the to the ones on the on the same platform so yeah, they're a big. I mean, even the, the Blazer EV is a big vehicle. It's bigger than something like a, a Mustang Mach-E. Yeah. Um, but then so it should be given the price. It ain't cheap. It's not cheap for sure. 
Uh, okay, Audi. What's going on? Uh, Audi, we have... Um, Audi's just signed a new designer today, actually. Quite interesting. So this is a bit inside baseball, but I thought it was interesting. The um, um, A guy called Massimo, who I used to work with at Land Rover, and I'm desperately trying to remember his surname. Maybe I'll look it up in a moment while you're speaking. Uh, but he came... Um, he's a guy who worked under Jeremy McGovern, Land Rover's design director, has now been given the Audi gig, which is okay. obviously like a pretty prestige job. Yeah. Um, so he is... Um, he is working. He was kind of like number two at Land Rover. Uh, now he's going to be working on all the Audis. So uh, yeah, big big change there. So I guess obviously there's a lot of people looking at Land Rover design. I think they've done a good job. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting change there. I mean, coming up for but Audi, it's sorry. an interesting change. But someone like that's going to step into that job, and you won't really be able to see anything he does on public streets for about seven years, <laughs> maybe five on the on the on the low end because the lineup is already pretty much being developed so it's tough to kind of get into that we saw that with um with lincoln as well and i sat down with the designer of lincoln and he's like yeah we're working on this and this and this and i go great we're gonna see that next year he's like now probably like five or six years because they've already got their vehicles you know planned for what's happening so um yeah uh Mass e massimo Fraschella, f-a-f-a-r-f-r-a-s-c-e-l-l-a really nice guy i used to back in my old life in the uk i used to I worked with him and Jeremy Gibbon on a couple of projects. So um super excited about him. But you're right. Yeah, I remember doing a story once on the designers that never launched their own car. And these people who kind of would go in and then like move on two or three years later. And yeah. there was periods of times where you'd, you'd arrive, launch somebody else's car, which presumably you didn't like. And then your car would get into development and then you'd get poached or you'd move on or you'd get fired. And then your car would eventually come out, launched by somebody else who didn't really like it. And you could like chart the pattern. I remember like Ian Callum, uh, you know, left Aston Martin and then yeah. Henrik Fisker took over and suddenly it was like, well, is this a Fisker car or a Callum car? And then Callum went to Jaguar and they were still doing that retro design. And he could barely, I mean, Ian's a lovely guy, but he could barely, barely disguise his lack of enthusiasm. So it's a really, yeah. it's a really hard job. And it's something was, that I. That was around yeah. when, when the Aston Martins and the Jags kind of looked similar. There's a lot yeah. of, you can see his influence there. Done by the same guy. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it's always, it's always funny. You can kind of like read between the lines. I think BMW is having a bit of that at the moment, but you kind of get the feeling that certain in the design team don't actually like a lot of the uh, the stuff. But uh, yeah, Audi, Audi have the Q6 uh, e-tron. You know, Audi's EVs have been a bit, well, Q4 e-tron, they were struggling for supply. The bigger ones done okay. None of them really caught the world, you know, caught the world on fire. That's the right thing to say about Sydney Visa member. They are, um, <laughs> you know, that's a, it's a good looking thing. So yeah. we will, um, yeah, we will so see. That, I mean, like the GT and stuff never really caught on with as much fan flair as as, as Taycan did, but maybe the revisions to Taycan will bleed over to to Audi's platforms as well. We'll get sort of a better vehicle from from both of those. Names. I'm sure they will. I mean, the GT is based on the Taycan. Uh, or the Taycan platform doesn't have the Porsche badge. I mean, I think it's quite a cool looking thing, but I, I hear there's some good deals. If you really want an Audi each one GT, there's some good deals going. Yeah. Um, watch out for that one. Uh, I got BMW next, Matt. It's uh, yeah. five series. Five series is out, uh, as is the i5. Which I we saw a Super Bowl a... commercial for with Christopher Walken. I didn't see that. Is that right? I missed yeah. that. Yeah. It was, uh, they, 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 
they were kind of making fun of uh, everybody doing a Christopher Walken voice with Christopher Walken in the commercial. And it was the whole, you know, no imitations. The original is the best. And it's kind of the the five series going, this is this is the best. And and of course, the the I five is what they use as well. But yeah, it was a good use of Christopher Walken. It was kind of fun. Uh, well, the I five is, of course, Edmund's top rated uh, EV car for the year. Um, so that's a thing we're a big fan of. We're about to get one for the long-term test fleet, which is uh, which is great. Uh, in fact, we're getting the M60, which is seriously rapid. And I'm driving around in the i7 at the moment, which is the the bigger um, the, big the bigger yeah. one. Um, and that's um, yeah, that's a lovely thing. But the one I'm in is close on 200 grand, which is hard wow. to justify on any level. Yeah, it's. I'm actually. Te- I'm driving into Vegas tomorrow, and of course, then I'm in the world of. Oh, will it rain to Vegas? No, not quite. Not so quite. we're gonna have to charge it, and then my wife's going. Are we taking an EV? Right. We're not gonna have trouble, are we? Like, no, no, it's gonna be fine. We're gonna find a Walmart. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Although. So next week, I can tell you about my experience. The it's, trip to Monterey and the Rivian was not fine. Seriously, the psychological impact of that trip on my family, just because everybody found it such a traumatic experience to be like, okay, first world experience, you know, to be out there 11 o'clock at night, struggling to charge, the anxiety kicking in. So uh, we're going to find out um, yeah. how how my trip to trip to Vegas goes. But yeah, i5 is giving five series i5, pretty much the same car. Um, and BMW is doing this strategy like they are with the seven series is, We'll make you a car, and you can pick your pick your engine, or pick your motor, or pick your hybrid. So, yeah, honestly, I think I think it's going to be a wonderful drive in an i seven to Vegas. I think it's going to be wonderful if there's no flaws in the charging process. I think the car is going to be fine, but if you can find a place to charge and it gets it done quickly, which I think you'll be able to do, you know, during the week without a holiday weekend really happening. I think, Oh, I guess it is kind of a holiday weekend. It is a holiday weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a beautiful car and it's, it's um yeah, it's a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely way to travel. Um, yeah. and I'm then, curious yeah, to see how that seriously. will go. And then, yeah, so that's been doing this two series as well. But I mean, five series is, you know, five series is, a. I mean, it's not as big a deal as it used to be, right? Because everything's X5 now. Everybody wants an SUV. But also this five series sets the tone for what the next X5 will be as well. And it's a pretty, you know, it's sort of a newer design language. And it's actually a pretty, it's quite a pretty BMW, which I haven't said that for a while. Yeah, I agree with that. And with, with, them sort of missing the mark design style on a few things. Um, and I know you guys have spoke highly about the electric SUV once you get in it, but once you're out of the vehicle and have to stare at it, <laughs> the exterior version. It, it, it's all about, you just need to choose it. I saw a black one the other day and I thought, actually that one looks, that looks okay. Cause he just, it just detunes a lot of the, you really got to hide the, the lines excess. of it. Yeah. I mean, the iX is a fantastic car that just is super polarizing to look at. I mean, of all the cars that we've had on our test fleet, everybody loves the iX. Fabulous interior, totally reliable, which is obviously something you can't say about most EVs, and great to drive. You know, expensive, yeah, but also just, you know, challenging aesthetics. Yeah. Um, but but otherwise, great, great, great car. Uh, Cadillac. Have yeah, so the, moving on to Cadillac. Escalade. Escalade uh, is, is their big news. Um Huge, huge, basically. I mean, the, the Escalade is going to 
it's going to have to share some development with the Hummer EV, right? Because the Hummer EV, they were never going to make enough to justify the cost of developing that thing unless they were going to share that platform with something like an Escalade or a Silverado or something, right? The, the Hummer's a ridiculous vehicle on so many levels, like spectacularly inefficient, everything. And and the Caddy, yeah, the Caddy's basically going to be, you know, a, a version of the Hummer, but be a massive Kardashian carrier, basically. Um, you know, it'd be well over a hundred grand. Yeah. That'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. It's a, it's a niche product. Expect to see a lot of them in West Hollywood. I, you know, it's an interesting thing to go, Hey, let's, let's go with the expensive Hummer and get that out there and almost kind of use it as the test case for the Escalade. You know, uh, there's not a lot of them out there, but they can look at how is the technology working? How is the battery working? What sort of recalls are on that car or issues that the dealers are reporting before they go mainstream with an Escalade? It's sort of a way of sort of disguising the Escalade as as something bespoke, if you will, and then go, and we can work the bugs out as opposed to so many of the the new EV manufacturers having to launch with their vehicle and that's it. That's the only feedback they get. Fisker, Lucid, Rivian, you know, like that. that's it. There's not a lot of, you know, I, I not a lot of a chance to, to fix mistakes, you know, by, you know, not like what, uh, what, what Cadillac can do with Escalade. Um, uh, and then there, the other, the, um, the electric EV that they have, which nobody's really talking about now. We've already. The Lyric. Well, I think they've yeah. got the same problem. Scorsese's Blazer EV platform. You know, they're still having a lot of trouble. They need to, they need to sort all that out and sort it all out fast. So, you know, there's still the stop sale on the Blazer EV. So, you know, it's, um, it's a tough time for GM and you may have seen, they've just made a big executive hire uh, to, to a battery specialist to come in and, and try, presumably try and sort a lot of this out. It's, it's tough, right? The EV market is under a lot of pressure. Uh, it's not growing at the, the rate that people hoped and predicted. The vehicles are too expensive. The infrastructure is not there. All the stuff that we've talked about on the show, yeah. a great deal. But if you add on, you know, challenges of reliability onto that, then, you know, you're you're in a really tough spot. So it's, yeah, it's a big year for GM. They've got to sort, it. They've got to sort this out. And Equinox... And we were talking about Caddy, like going on a Chevy, Equinox EV, that was supposed to be the one starting at, you know, 30K. Well, it's coming. The early ones are going to be over 40. Then you've potentially got a tax credit depending on your situation. So it's going to be more affordable. It's still not going to be cheap by any description. Um, but if that finally comes on, on stream and any sort of volume, then, you know, at least it sits below the blazer. And then Silverado EV, like we're still not seeing that. Yeah, that's delayed. Excuse as me, well. everybody. Yeah, that's delayed as well. And Ford struggling to shift F one fifty Lightnings. Yeah, it's a it's a really kind of interesting point of the market because all when you go down this list, it's EV, 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 and yet that market's struggling at the moment. So that's where all the money's going. But at the same time, you've got to sell vehicles. So there's a little. If we're seeing in the industry, there's a little bit of a kind of pivot going on. You know, and making sure that we haven't forgotten some of the uh, some of the gas powered alternatives. Because I go down my list, and like all the headline stuff is an EV. Yeah, it's 
but like we were saying um, with uh, with Audi and the designer there, it's like all of these EVs are coming to market now as things are starting to level out. I don't want to say it's dropping. It's just sort of leveling out the demand for EV. Uh, yeah. But these are all things that have been in developed for years, right? Yeah. So now I just... mean, I mean, minimum three years. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't you can't expect all of these companies to to change their story right away because there's there's nothing to change. This is this is a story that's been three four years in the making. So uh, there, there's not much they can do. They're going to have to roll out a bunch of EVs and then figure out what they're going to do after that. Um, and and yeah, in cases like like the F one fifty, like the one behind me, um. I got one that's an early model, which I haven't had a problem with. And then prices were up and then prices were down and everybody got clobbered on valuation because now there's these things are seem to be going for anywhere between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars less than what people were paying for them, depending on the model and the trim. You know. Uh, so we'll I don't know, we'll see how things start to start to level out in the EV world. <laughs> what's the what's the financial advice? Or is it a long hold? it's yeah. a long hold it's, uh, I, I don't know don't because i don't know the longevity of these things as well don't hang on to it too long yeah. it's a long hold but not too long because the battery will degrade over over time over time for sure uh, and then i don't know if that's better or worse if you put miles on it you know is is a lightning in five years from now with fifty thousand miles going to be better than a lightning with a hundred and ten thousand miles um, I don't think it's going to be better, but I don't think it's going to be as different as you might think. I think the yeah. challenge is more that it's five years old than the fact that it's got tons of miles. That seems to be the intel at the moment. I'm sounding like a real cynic and like I don't like EVs, actually. I think they're great products. I just think it's a it's a challenging time right now. Because um, what we're for, talking for about sorts is, of reasons. is the automotive industry as a whole with this this focus on on EVs. And what does this mean for the for the future of these cars. You're right. I still drive my truck. I enjoy driving my truck. It's quiet. It's fast. I drive it around town. I've got, I haven't had a problem with it yet. So we'll see what happens from there. Um, moving on to Fisker. So Fisker, you've talked about uh, quite a bit in the past, and we've seen their big press announcement um, a few months ago about all these new cars that they're going to be coming out with and a supercar and a pickup truck and, and all this crazy stuff. Um, it all seems interesting to me. But they obviously have to work out the bugs on the Fisker Ocean before they can commit to making all of these other new cars. It just, to me, kind of felt like Lotus of of the past you know, decade or so. Lotus kept announcing all of these new cars and then something would happen or they some other company would buy them or they'd ship, change something. It's just like they've changed their story so many times. Lotus has probably more concept cars and, and 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 vaporware announcements of vehicles than anybody out there. It seems like Tesla got close for a while, but um, yeah, I we 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 I just spent a few days in our ocean, and there's a lot of people in this office. If you read our long term test blog on it, um, if you just Google Edmunds long term Fisker, it'll take you there. It's I actually like the fundamentals of the vehicle. The fundamental hardware is well built. It's built by Mainstream in, in Austria. We talked about this before. It's just that they've launched it too early with the software. And we're waiting probably this week for software 2.0, which will introduce things like not rolling backwards on a hill and should solve a lot of the bugs and the key should work better. And just... Uh, and when I say the key, I mean like blipping it to open the doors. There's just a whole bunch of stuff they basically 
either hadn't perfected or hadn't done yet when it was launched. And I just worry because sometimes, you know, you don't get a chance unless you're like a cyber trip where it's just, you know, a bunch of diehard fans are going to buy it anyway. If you're a brand like Fiskin, you haven't got that halo, that halo effect. You know, you need to get it. You need to get a great product in the market and a good reputation going in. I really hope that this software update they're about to do is a big leap forwards because I like the underlying product. But, you know, if I'd bought it for, if, if I'd bought it, you know, if we hadn't bought it as a test vehicle, if we bought it, you'd be thinking, you know, ah, I could have bought a Model Y for a bit less money. I could have bought a Genesis. I could have bought lots of things. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the challenge right now. They haven't Tesla had a few years to sort out all the problems before everybody started getting into the market. Fisk, uh, Rivian, they don't have that luxury. Lucid, yeah. So I think um, Fisker is just released too early. They should have just done more with it. They they yeah. they made these promises on release dates and price points, and they didn't want to kind of fall victim to you know to to what Tesla had done and just delay after delay after delay. You know, they announce a car for next year and it's three years later and you get it. They just don't want to be that again. So well, also you need the cash. You need the cash. I mean, you've got all this investment piling up. You're yeah. losing money hand over fist as every startup does. And it's like, well, we've got to sell some, we've got to sell some cars. We've got to get some cash flow again. Uh, you know, we, you know, yet another yeah. Wall Street announcement where, you know, you haven't, you haven't got any revenue. So it's like, it's this, I mean, it's not just EVs. We've seen it with McLaren in the past. We've seen it Maserati in the past. 3200 GT was launched way before it was really ready because they had to get some cash. Yeah. So we will see. I mean, they've got stuff coming out, you know, the pair, the truck, there's a few bits, and you know, there's a few other vehicles. You know, let, let, let's fix the ocean first and, and, and go from there. But I hope they make it. I've, I've a lot of time for them. I, I think they're great, you know, great it bunch of people and, you know, a year or so ago, it was kind of my pick as as the the EV company with the most potential. I thought they had the kind of the right idea of outsourcing the production. And Henrik Fisker, he's more of a designer and a marketer. Um, I I thought he, he's, you know, having interviewed him a few times, he seems like an intelligent, kind of charming fellow, and it seemed like the recipe could be there. And uh, uh, you know, I I was expecting something a little bit better from them, but maybe can get worked out. Yeah, let's hope they solve it. If they solve the software, they'll be they'll be off and running. So moving on to Ford, this is not a pure EV story. No, I mean big things to Ford this year, F150 refresh uh which we've uh which is, you know, a heavy facelift of the of the F150. Um the Super Duty is relatively new as well, drove one of those for the first time last week with the big yeah. diesel engine. That's a great vehicle. Huge, but a great vehicle. Um and then Ranger as well. So, you know, a lot of yeah. a lot of Ford's focus is on trucks. Ranger's been delayed, still not here. Uh, but we're driving it imminently. Um, and then yeah, so it's it's kind of trucks, trucks, and obviously Mustang's relatively fresh as well. Um that's the big news from from Ford. Yeah, so Ranger, I went to like their launch event in Detroit, which was interesting, but now I'm starting to think about gosh, when did I go to that thing? Was that like October or September? Yeah, well we're 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 driving, you know, we're driving it pretty, pretty, pretty shortly. But yeah, you think about it, like Colorado came out, Tacoma came out, and then Rangers been, you know, been further down the pipeline. So it's Do given we know Chevy. What the delays definitely... are. I think it's a bunch of stuff. I wouldn't kind of pin pinpoint it, but 
Yeah, at the end of the day, you've given Chevy and Toyota, a, a, you know, a decent head start in the consciousness. So, and and as we know, like they're both really good trucks. Tacoma's a, de- a good trick. Colorado's a fantastic piece of kit. So, yeah, tough you know, job. And then tough Ranger, Ranger Raptor, which will be sort of the flagship Ranger. So I guess you can't really have that without the base Ranger out first. No. Uh, but I'm sure there. And it's always been weird that they've never really. I mean, the Maverick's a nice little thing, but they've never really that that sort of, you know, that mid-sized truck market for you know when you think of the success of the F one fifty, yeah, you would think it would translate for Ford in a way that you know so far it hasn't really. You know, and and, you know, we brought this up in the past, just how sort of the size and scope of all these vehicles have changed. I mean, I've got this twenty two Ford Lightning behind me, which is a monster of a truck. And I have a 95 Ford Lightning, and that's about the size of a Ranger. You know, that's what an F-150 was back in the day. I mean, I get it. It's standard cab, but it, it almost looks like a, I can put the old truck in the bed of the new truck. I mean, the new truck is just so much bigger all around. And certainly around town, when it just comes to parking one truck versus the other, I realized I took the, the 95 Lightning out and I was like, oh, this is a small truck. This is what a Ranger is now. And it is kind of easy to park it's a good la size vehicle and then you get in the the big truck and you realize it you know it's like you were saying it's kind of like the big escalade yeah and then the maverick exists because that was kind of what tacoma was 15 years ago yeah back in the day uh, tacoma was small too uh moving on to honda we talked about uh honda prologue which I guess they're pushing that forward maybe before the Acura even. They were certainly running commercials for it. I think they ran yeah, a Super Bowl Prologue, commercial for it. Yeah, Prologue again is supposed to be a big deal for Honda. It'd be interesting to see how it shakes out because they've now canceled this GM deal as well and they're going to be focused on you know doing their own thing. And we saw the CES show in January, some really exciting designs coming from Honda. Um, so again, you know, they've been slow into the market. It's funny, like we were talking, I think we were talking last year, oh, where's Honda, where's Toyota, everybody else ahead of the game. And now they just look like they've, you know, they, it looks like much better strategy than we thought at the time. Hybrid, hybrid, hybrid for Toyota. You know, Honda's getting in with the prologue, but it's a bit of a toe in the water. Um, so again, you know, obviously lots of problems with the Blazer EV. So let's see how that how that shakes out. But an interesting move, you're right, for Honda to go, we're, we we get what's going on with people in EVs, with other car companies in EVs, and they're saying, but let's let's partner with somebody like GM. Let's, as you said, dip our toe in the water with Honda Prologue and Acura ZDX, see if our customers are, are liking this, see if it makes sense for them as a company, and then do their customers accept it, and then for them to go, well we will develop our own platform. I mean, I guess Ford kind of touched on this when Ford was talking to Rivian and, and, and companies about partnering on an EV platform and then they ended up doing their own thing. But there was a minute there where they were saying, should we, should we share the cost and, and R and D with somebody else? Yeah, it sort of makes sense. It's sort of, I mean, it's nothing inherently new in that you've seen it across the Volkswagen group and others where you share, you know, share technologies, but admittedly, normally within one company rather than on the GM. But yeah, they seem they seem like an act of desperation to a certain extent. But you know, maybe they will be proved right all along. We'll see. Uh, moving on to Hyundai, actually Hyundai, Kia, and, and probably Genesis can all sort of fall into this group. Um, uh, and they seem to be embracing EV quite a bit more than 
another yeah i was talking to some of their execs recently and they've just made the decision that we're just going to plow on uh but they are they are you know they are hedging their bets they've got a great lineup of hybrids gas cars you know the companies all the companies are doing well so i think their general perception is let's just get ahead of the game eventually the market will come to us and you know, if you go back to 2008, when the recession hit, they had a really good, they did a really good job of, of sort of standing tall and saying, we're going to be confident, we're going to come out of this. And when we come out of this, we'll have absorbed more market share. And they did a great job of that. Um, and it feels a little bit the same again. It's like, okay, we've got, we're going to hedge our bets. I mean, Hyundai's got the Santa Fe, which looks a little bit like a Land Rover. Yeah. But it's a really cool, cool looking thing. So that's gas. So, you know, that's a good three-row vehicle, which will appeal to, you know, traditional family audiences. And then at the same time, we're going to do an Ionic 5N, which is a kind of like nutty EV with 641 horsepower um, and all sorts of, you know, fancy simulated engine noises and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. I think, they're, they're I think doing... the Ionic 5N is a great move for them because it's it's – it's a performance halo car that will will grab all of the headlines because it'll just be silly and fun. And I'm sure it'll be a blast to drive and everyone will talk about it. And it it's going to, it's just going to bring attention to the Hyundai brand and they'll probably move a bunch of regular Ionic fives just because of the N and, and you're right. Yeah, they the probably, Santa Fe gonna be... is, is going to be successful, I think for them as well. Yeah. They're not going to sell. Yeah, they're not going to sell that many, but we can't wait for it. That's one of the cars this year when I look at that I'm probably most excited about. So I think it looks really cool. It's got 641 horsepower, and it will just be insanely rapid. And I think if they tuned it right, it's going to be an absolute hoot. So, I mean, it's kind of mad that you can say, here's a little, I mean, the Coleman SUV is basically a family hatchback, isn't it? Oh, and now it's got 641 horsepower. And it's a, you know, it's what, 70 grand, 60, 70 grand. It's a load of money. But it is. Still... It, I saw it at the LA Auto Show and I walked around and I was like, this is the thing here that I want to drive the most. Yeah, I was exactly the same. It's got 200 horsepower more than a Ferrari F40. <laughs> and I know that was like the kid. That was the car I wanted. You know, when I was a kid, that was like the 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 dream car. And I know that's a long time ago now, but it was, you know, you can imagine the, the you know, that's got 200 horsepower more. Crazy. Yeah. But exciting. And um, again, like Hyundai's doing a fantastic job at the moment. They really feel like, you know, everything that comes out is is good from both Hyundai and Kia and Genesis. Yeah. And uh, so moving on to Jeep, because the recent announcement is Jeep's EV, right? They're they're uh, Wagoneer. Yeah. Wagoneer. Yeah. Which yeah. I mean, they, they... And, and expensive. So Jeep hasn't I don't know. Jeep's been trying to push that Wagoneer really kind of upscale. And I I don't know. It's really connected with audience like. It's an expensive vehicle. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we've actually just done, um, we've just done a a comparison test. Uh, if you look at our YouTube channel, uh, just went just went live this week with 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 the Wagoneer, and the Wagoneer comes out of it comes out of it really well. Uh, okay. it's it's a good, but again, but as you say, it's it's an expensive, it's an expensive vehicle. So that was Wagoneer versus Tahoe, which is getting a bit old, versus Expedition. And we just wanted to look at, like, you know, which is the best full-size three-row. And, you know, comes out of it really well. 
and it, the Wagoneer is just not something we see a lot of out here. I just think in 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 its hometown, I think in, in Detroit, probably a, a ton of them on the road, but they just didn't really connect with the audience out here in California for some reason. It's big and it's a hundred. You know, it's hard to justify. So, you know, I find it hard. Like it's getting on for a hundred grand feels like a load of money. It's not the prettiest thing either, particularly when you go for like the L version with the with the huge overhangs. Just funny because if you talk to their designers, they love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, okay, I paid a lot okay. of money to love it though. Uh, Lucid, Lucid. Uh, interesting. Yeah, right? Kia, Kia, we had the EV nine. We think we pretty okay, but then Lucid, yeah, Lucid EV nine. We talked about so much on this show. Um, Lu Lucid has got the gravity, uh, which is basically a well. I was going to say it's basically a jacked up version of the of the air sedan but it's not actually we were quite surprised it's got quite a fundamentally different chassis which is odd because you think that's a really expensive route to go down but it's more of a if you talked about the wagoneer it's more like that it's it's less of a full-on although it has some off-road ability it's more of kind of like a big if you had sliding doors you'd call it a minivan yeah it has kind of that profile to it the gravity yeah. i think is going to be the most important car in in Lucid's history, even for years to come. They 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 came out with the sedan. It had a lot of issues. They're they're trying to fix as many as they can, but kind of the same story with with the Hummer and and the Escalade. Right? Is that GM had a Hummer to test with, so the Escalade can be good. Lucid only had one vehicle, and they tested with it, and it wasn't really a home run. Um, gravity has to be better and to hear you say it's kind of a kind of a new platform for them might be a good thing because there might be so many flaws they're just sort of unfixable on the sedan you know there's only well so the sedan is a great the, the sedan we got so much hassle for saying you know but the, the sedan's a great vehicle but again a bit like the fisker software wasn't ready and it had a whole bunch of unlike the fisker it had a whole bunch of build quality issues um, but then the gravity, um, you know, the gravity probably is the vehicle they should have launched with because it's, you know, people want SUVs now. I think this, everybody, they like the sedan because the sedan gives you better range figures. It's faster. You know, you get more of those sort of like Instagram headlines, but the gravity should be their seller. And, you know, it's not going to be cheap, but when you look at things like the Rivian R1S, which is selling very well, there's a there's a big opportunity for them for sure, and you know they need it because yeah, I they're I not don't selling too many airs. I don't think it was such a bad move to not launch with the gravity. I think that would have been the more sales, more success. But if the gravity had the same build quality issues as the sedan, I think it would hurt the company more because they were going to sell fewer of the sedans. I think launching the sedan, getting the headlines, seeing the YouTube videos of that thing drag racing you know, and, you know, running, I don't know, nines or whatever it runs in the quarter mile, you know, the, the lucid air, like Sapphire up at Monterey and have them, have them blast that thing around the track, uh, is, is interesting. Um, but the gravity has to be the one that, that works. It has to be the yeah. one that is quality wise is, you know, I I'd like to say a home run for them. Um, I don't know that anybody's building an SUV. That's a home run quite yet. Um, maybe you know BMW is getting it right, like you were saying, but the gravity has to be that car. Now, 
on on paper it looks great and yeah. you know i've sat in it played around with it i think it's going to be i think it's going to be a good vehicle and look you know we when at Edmonds, we've never been anti-lucid we're just kind of calling it as it is and yeah well, well i've got you know got hopes for gravity it's still though it's going to be expensive right you know it's going to be expensive. start at 80 you're going to be spending 100 grand um and we'll see how and it that's goes the... i i saw it at the la auto show and they had it like opened up and people were looking at it and they were giving tours about it the whole thing so i just walked up and went to open the back door and someone like it was like an action movie it's like somebody in slow motion dove out me no <laughs> and they're like it's a hand-built prototype you can't touch it i was like well everyone's standing around it opening doors and yeah. shit and i was like maybe put a sign up that says hand-built prototype don't touch it like yeah. By the way, all the other cars have the sign where like, you know, pre-production, don't open, don't try to open the door. Yeah. You know, you can't, this vehicle is locked or whatever. They weren't doing that. Uh, so some guy dove at me and was like, all right. I would have laughed if that door fell right off onto the floor. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, if, uh, if, if the one they brought to the auto show is the one that you're going to buy, then use caution is all I can say. Um, Mercedes. I, I drove a few of the Mercedes EVs. Uh, uh, that's kind of what the the company was pushing toward me. It was like, try our EV, try our EV. It it seemed fine. They were not particularly pretty, in my opinion. Um, I don't know if they're changing their story as to what they're going to do with EVs, but you know, for me, yeah. Well, they've got down a different route to to BMW in that they instead of just building an E class and then building a electric version, they've got the EQEs a different vehicle. So yeah, they they're trying a different route this year. The main thing actually is more more actually gas this year. So they'll have the new E class, uh, which again, like the five series, isn't the kind of force that maybe it once was back in the day, because everybody buys an SUV. But it's it's going to be an interesting. Interesting car. They're going to have an all-terrain wagon, uh, a bit like the Audi All-Road. And then the CLE. So instead of having a C-Class Coupe and an E-Class Coupe, you're just going to have a CLE, which yeah. is really pretty to look at. And it that'll nice. be a Coupe and a convertible. And, yeah, it looks looks very pretty. And obviously the, the SL is pretty new for them. I was going to say, the last um, so, gas engine one I drove, I think it was the SL. And that was a nice car. Yeah, that is a nice car. Um, and then there's, the, there's also the GT... Uh, the AMG, the new AMG GT, which is really pretty. That's yeah. the 911 rival. That's um, yeah, that's that's we've driven. We've already driven that out in Spain. I don't think it's hit these shores yet. Um, and wow, then, we're going on a bit, Matt. We're only up to we're only up to we're only up to M. Uh, I think the I think the second half is going to go a little quicker. But uh, Mini, what's going on with Mini? So new, uh, basically almost like a new range, new Cooper, new Cupress, not just EVs, gas as well, Countryman. Um, I think it's still under embargo as we speak. We've just been out and driven the Countryman and they're a bit less mini than they used to be. So the Countryman's actually a pretty big vehicle. And this has been, always been the problem. It's like, oh, how do we expand the range? Well, we still need to be small relative to everybody else. And then probably they do a customer clinic and everybody says, oh, it's too small. So, yeah. I, and then we got I'm BMW never... X2, which is kind of like BMW's version of a mini. I'm sure they're sharing a lot of parts yeah. and stuff. It's the same platform or something. So now we've got that's that's where those two brands start to cross over each other. Exactly. So you know the Cooper and the the, the Cooper is still going to feel like a um like a mini, and then the Countryman will be a a, a another SUV. 
I mean, I remember driving it when it first, when the Mini was first brought back and it just been driving one around London and just feeling like an absolute rock star. People were so excited about it. And now, you know, what, 20 years on, it's just a bit like, eh. you know, yeah. it's, it's, there's nothing really innovative. There's nothing really that's moved the game on. I mean, if you own one and, you know, there is still a great fun little car, but it's only going to be a niche audience over here. Uh, Nissan, I think Nissan had most of their stuff happen last year, right? We got the new truck, we got yeah. the new Z. Um, Rogue, Rogue's had a little, you know, Nismo Z we've seen. Rogue's had a little yeah. cosmetic overhaul, uh, you know, huge seller for them, but yeah, pretty decent product. And maybe we'll get something in the next year or two, uh, some kind of announcement on a new flagship car like a GTR, probably some sort of EV or hybrid version like, like Acura did with the NSX. I'm not really quite sure what the plan is going to be for GTR. But it gets a lot of attention to the brand, and they kind of need that right now. Um, uh, well, it's a Polestar. Polestar, yeah. Uh, big thing, Polestar 3, we've just seen it. This is the one without the rear window. So you have a, a camera instead of a rear window. Again, looks like a nice thing. I like the Polestar 2, even if it's quite small. Yeah. But just a ton of money, like 85 grand. And then they're going to do the Polestar 4, which should be cheaper, but still 60 grand. I mean, Polestar 3 looks nice, but again, another 85 grand EV. And it's like, eh, what, you know, your market's yeah. small. Is is that the three-row SUV? That that's really uh, I should know, and I can't remember off the top. I don't think so. Is there, they're starting to promote. Polestar is starting to promote with their um, – on uh, – they're starting to do their commercials and starting to do their advertising and stuff for the, for the, um, for the new vehicle. So, uh, I don't, it's not the, yeah. the three No, it's not a three. It's not a, the, the full star three isn't a, yeah, the four isn't a three row, but it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's like everything else. It's going to be super, it's pretty, it's got a ton of money, you know, it's going to turn a horsepower, but you know, big, big, big money again. Yeah, but the Polestar three, just the SUV. A... You're right. It's it's eighty. It, you know, it's going to be almost eighty five grand to start. I, um, I, I'm getting a bit bored of it. I mean, I don't mind. I'm still interested in. It. I just mean it's like, how many people can launch? You no, know, the 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 Lucid's going to be eighty five grand plus. The Polestar's going to be eighty five grand plus. The yeah. IX we're talking about eighty grand. The EQE eighty grand. The Porsche about to move on for P for Porsche. You know, Macan EV looks tremendous starts at 80 grand we just ordered one and we had to try to get it under 100 grand that's like i said to the team, there's no way we're paying over 100 grand for this thing we're not paying over 100 grand from a can v and it was like ah oh, but we need like we need this and we need like the sports chrono and we need you know four-wheel steering because porsche says that's really important in terms of like you know the overall package of car check the residuals and in the end it was like well what have we got what's this is passenger screen right lose the passenger screen which was like three grand it's like, all right 99 850 or something yeah but they're all just yeah it's just i mean jim farley ford ceo came out this morning big like waltz you know their their quarterly announcements and you know openly saying we've got to crack this we've got to get cheaper because it's just you know this expensive stuff isn't isn't selling and no and for a brand I mean, like ford you can't do it you can't like have your entire EV range starting at 50, 60, you know, 50, 60 grand. It's a ton of money. Yeah. But then yeah. we had a Civic SI in the office last week. It was down and we're doing a feature on on cheaper, fun, cheaper cars. 
And I was like, oh, Civic Civic SI, that's like 25 grand. So said, no, no, it's not 25 grand anymore. It's now 31. You know, everything, everything. Everything's everything. expensive. Everything's expensive. Everything's expensive. And if you're Close doing anything map. EV, it's going to be expensive. And I don't know it if is. anybody's even making money off of EVs yet, but. It, yeah, you know, Tesla. Uh, who, who, I guess Tesla is, yeah. But Tesla keeps yeah. making money on all this other crap that they're doing on the side. Selling EV credits, setting, selling, yeah. you know, the, the whatever the clean air credits to other companies that's a multi-billion dollar business it seems for that's them. that's propped up their business more than people realize for sure yeah uh what else is porsche doing porsche is doing a refresh cayenne we kind of seen that um updated panamera both of those i'm sure you know look nice uh what else are we seeing well, we should see this year and uh, uh there's a lot of cars running around various test tracks of the world and updated 911 uh 992.2 yeah, potentially a big year for porsche a lot of announcements. yeah if you look i was talking the other day that that almost everything in their range is having some form you know will have some form of update this year not the probably not the boxster and the cayman um uh, even then we'll be getting the the spider but you know mccann evs here yeah uh Tycam's having you know update that's all announced cayenne uh panamera it's no secret that the 992 is having, you know, some sort of update. There's tons of spy pictures uh, everywhere or undisguised spy pictures now. So, yeah, big year, really big year for Porsche. So uh, exciting, exciting times for them. Uh, moving on to Ram, we've got the Ram Charger. Uh, so that's end of the year. The Ram Charger yeah. is the, the EV. The, yeah, so the, the Ram Charger is the... Um, the one which has a V6 engine to act as a generator. Right. Which I think is super interesting because that kind of breaks through the um, the range anxiety bit. So It does. It's a big generator, though. It's a big generator. So basically what you've got is an electric truck, a bit like the old Chevy Volt was. You've got an electric truck with a three, with a, what is it, three and a half liter V6 under the hood? Yeah. three Where the front three, should be. Six. And so, yeah. But it's a truck for towing. You know, makes a lot of, I think it's a really interesting maneuver, makes a lot of sense. And then there's also the Ram 1500 Rev, which is the fully electric truck. And they're claiming 500 miles of range and all sorts of things. But again, depends where you are and depends whether you're towing and stuff. So, yeah, I think they've got, I think it's a really smart strategy. They just, they just hedge their bets a little bit. Yeah. I think the Ram Charger is going to be the interesting vehicle in their sense. Um, I mean, look, Ford. Yeah. Ford has their hybrid truck. It's a little bit different configuration than this because that has a gas engine that can power the wheels along with the electric motors, but they do have the hybrid. And this is sort of Ram's take on the hybrid, but instead it's going to be the onboard generator that powers the electric vehicle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you'll have a smaller battery pack, yeah. which in theory would make it cheaper. So, you know, something like you, might 145 miles of range, drive it around LA, fill it in, a, you know, charge it at the warehouse. Great. You'll never touch the engine. And then, you know, BMW did this with the i3 a few years ago. So I think it's going to be a good thing. Um, moving on to first. Subaru. Um, Subaru has... Yeah, Forrester's um, updated. Yeah. Crosstrek's had an update. Um, Subaru will just continue to be Subaru. Really. They'll just kind of go... They've got... They know their audience. Yeah. The audience they, loves them. They do. I saw another Subaru commercial the other day. I didn't think there was any cars in that commercial at all. They had, I don't know, some some charity thing or cleaning beaches or well, giving puppies away or whatever. They're, they're was everybody wearing Patagonia as well? That seems to be like a given. 
yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I get Subaru's brand. I, I, it's interesting and it works for them, but you know, Subaru sells love, not vehicles. Yeah, it's cozy. Um, well, I did drive. I drove the WRX the other day. It was the first time driven on a long time with a stick. Still fun. I drove it on our test track. I was like, yeah, this is. I think fun. it's like it starts at just over thirty-five grand, and I thought this is this is a fun way to travel. You know, it's it's great little manual gearbox. Still sounds good. Just enough power. Yeah, it's a yeah. cool thing. Uh, Tesla. Uh, Tesla, obviously, Model Three Highland. Um, but this is this is kind of weird in that the this Model Three is not going to get the tax credit if you buy it, but it would if you lease it, of course. So if they're not careful, it's going to end up being more expensive than a Model Y. So it's all a bit all over the place. But this is the refreshed three. Yeah. The Y will follow, but probably not until next year. So if you want like a new heavily facelifted, if you like Tesla, then the three Highlands here. We're actually buying one. Edmunds is buying one uh, where it should be arriving. Um, should be arriving the next month or so. And then, of course, um, uh, you know, and then Cybertruck Cyber production is starting you, to ramp up. But you then, guys are gonna do something with it at some point, right? Because everybody's we are gonna we are gonna get our get our get our paws on it, yeah. um, and and do some stuff with it. Um, so uh, we're still we are, it's, it's it's no secret that we 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 sort of had one on order, but God knows when it'll turn up. Yeah. Uh, Toyota, we talked about a little bit. Toyota, you know, still sticking with uh, with hybrid and not really leaning into EV all that much. But um, uh, I don't know what's new with them. Camry. Well, we talked about Tacoma about a week or so Camry. ago, so we yeah. know what what's happening with Tacoma. And you guys like Colorado better than Tacoma, but uh, Camry. Camry was uh, Camry had a look at the LA Auto Show last November. Hybrid only. It's a Camry, right? It's big. It's spacious. It's good value. It's uh, it'll be a perfectly fine means of transport, um, you know. And I still like a, a big exciting. sedan. <laughs> it could be anybody. Yeah, I mean, they know exactly the audience. Not that and, Camry, and the, huh? <laughs> the sales aren't what they were, but they're still selling. Last time I looked, like well over two hundred thousand a year, and to pe people love them, and rightly so. You know, reliable, pretty cheap to run, good value to buy, really spacious, comfortable, and the interior looks way better than the um than the old one tacoma we mentioned that's coming on stream now starting to see but them on land the road cruiser, right land cruiser is the only thing land we're really looking forward to land cruiser yeah it looks super exciting and then the lexus gx as well that goes with it um yeah land, Cru land cruiser is, it's really interesting because they, they brought it down in price so it's now starts in the 50s and it's much more of a light looks more of a lifestyle vehicle than the old land cruiser which was almost like getting into kind of you know, upper defender, almost in a Range Rover territory. So now they've got this thing. So we're going to see Forerunner as well this year. So there's going to be natural crossover between the new Forerunner and the um, um, and the and the and the other vehicles. So so it's um, how do you in the Land Cruiser? How are you going to put the how are those two going to sit together? Because there's definitely going to be price overlap. So Land Cruisers, sorry, Land Cruiser is the is the more the sort of standalone. Then Forerunner will be based on the Tacoma platform, right? Yeah, I think. And then they've got Grand Highlander, which is more of an SUV. So it's they've really peppering the market. If you've got fifty grand to spend on an SUV, like Toyotas can sell you one of several, and that's before you include Lexus. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, VW. 
And we saw they they were one of the few car companies that also had a a, a Super Bowl commercial. And they just we might this. finally see the ID buzz. Finally. Yeah. We, I mean it's uh, been on certain Europe since forever. We saw it in a commercial. The the decision not to bring the two row version of that vehicle. I I've never understand it. I think what they did was say because they're only going to get the three row in the US, which is huge. But like if you live where you and I do, Mark, in Venice and Manhattan Beach in LA, I think you just sell a ton of them. We'd have bought one as a family. And we wouldn't have bought it because it's a minivan. We'd have bought it because it looks really cool. It's an EV and there's tons of room for the kids. Is whereas we definitely won't buy a three row because it's just too big and we don't need a three row. So I, I don't know. I just think I just think from like a product planning perspective, it's a really weird decision. And also this thing's been talked about for years. So now it's a now it's a bit like it's a bit like the Corvette E Ray, which we didn't talk about. It's like, is that thing on sale yet? It's like, are we Yeah, it lost its it's lost its conversation, I think. Um yeah. the, the E Ray was an interesting conversation, but it just kind of phased phased out just kind of fiddled away a little bit i think on, on the array and i'm sure it's going to be a wonderful car to drive and it's going to be fast and it's going to be cool i i don't know the id buzz it, it seems interesting to me it seems just a little gimmicky i think it's going to age out pretty quickly and i i think it'll be really interesting to see a few especially if, if people are buying them in the bright colors and making them kind of fun looking and and you're right around the beach area maybe you'll see them i just I don't know. I just, I just don't really see this to be a huge success and I'm hope I'm wrong because I don't want to, you know, I, I hope it's cool and people like it and people buy it. And, and you're right around Venice beach, Manhattan beach, Redondo, I, I think Florida. Yeah. I think, I think it makes sense there and you'll get it. But I, I'm just thinking like, as my, my brother or something like in, in Arizona, my little brother in Arizona, is he going to buy this? No. I think it also depends how, not the aftermarket, but where they go with this. Because the exterior is quite cool. The interior is more conventional. You know, but I, I do just to see whether people start tricking them out as surf wagons and things like that. Because there's tons of stuff that you can do, particularly with it being an EV. Because there's no, you know, you've got a big interior, lots of flexibility. So, you know, will we see like a ton with surfboards and everything else? It was such an opportunity. And, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But it's only the three-row, which is big and again expensive so yeah that's uh, what are we left with it's um, a lot of money i think we're just kind of left with volvo volvo ex30 if you go to our youtube channel i had a drive of that in spain last year um really like the ex30 it's a really sweet little car it is a cheaper ev still in the 30s it's yeah. small and a lot of America, I think a lot of people in this country are going to go. Hey, but you know, I was going to do a make an accent. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> a lot of people are going to spend a, like are going to say, "Why am I spending thirty odd grand for something that small?" I think if you can get past that, it's a really nice little car. Really nice little car. Well, everything's expensive, and uh, Volvo has pretty good design and overall just a pretty nice car. So I, they. They might be cornering the market with a thirty thousand dollars small, you know, EV in this regard. I think there's like if there's a good lease deal on that with all the tax credits and stuff, or you get, you know, I think that's going to be, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a sweet little car. I was really, I was really impressed with it. We drove it in Barcelona. I hope it translates over here. Um, and it, it's small on the outside, but actually because it's an EV, the the, the interior is better than you would think. 
Um, and then at the other extreme, they've got the EX90, uh, which again has been delayed over software issues. Where we heard that before, um, but that's a big three-row EV kind yeah. of EX90, uh, XC90, but uh, as an EV, as an EV. Again, and I, it's sharp looking. How, how much too. do you think it's going to be, Matt? How much do you think it'll start at? Oh, maybe about eighty-five thousand dollars. Do you think about eighty-five grand? You think it's going to yeah. like be like close to a hundred grand? Uh, I think it's really funny going through this list. I, I remember like doing the doing the film that we did. It's on our again on our YouTube channel about all all, all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, when you start to talk about it, if you've got ninety, a hundred grand to spend on an EV right now, it's actually quite a good choice. If you've got there is thirty to forty grand, not so much. Well, but we talked about the EV nine, and and when you guys did your video, you're like, oh, this is this is kind of expensive, but from from Kia's standpoint, they're going, hey, good news is, you know, we're ten to $15,000 cheaper than everybody else's, you know, three-row yeah. well, SUV least, yeah. is going to be out there, yeah. right? Because they're all going to, you know, they're going to whatever, in the 50s up to the 70s for that thing, as opposed to starting at 85 grand. So, yeah, you know, so for them, they're going, and it's nice. Right, you guys drove it. You, we saw the video on it. You guys drove it. You tested it. It's, you a, it's it. a great, it's it's a great, great vehicle. I think Edmund's top rated, best of the best. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna wrap up this list. I'm sure there's more things on there that we're forgetting, and certainly as we get into, you know, the the exotic car market and and things like that. There's maybe that's a different list for another day, but uh, this is sort of the 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 more realistic list of 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 cars uh that are going to be coming out um hopefully within the next year but who knows with delays and other things that are happening i'm sure there's a conversation we can get in that's more fun to see what Kona's egg and lotus and ferrari are doing but uh that's maybe we'll do the alternative the alternative yeah, list that's yeah. sort of the, the wish list we can stop we can stop lamenting the 100 grand ev yeah go forget I'm it talking about the three and a half million dollar yeah oh, we missed the aston yeah there's a new aston this week Check there is a new aston slash news uh, a newish Aston, but yeah, um, which is cool looking, by the way. Just, uh, just you finally, think, it's I, you I think it's got like a big gaping mouth again. It, it's it like the still old has vintage. it still has the big mouth on it, but the profile, the rear fenders, it's got a, a cool aggressive look it, to it. Um, I the big like guppy mouth is kind of interesting. Um, and they made it larger. Yeah. Uh, is the previous version, the one that's out now, they have the optional front piece uh, i think it's on the vantage maybe that's on the yeah but the that's not aston's own that was like an aftermarket if the aftermarket says here's a belt on to improve the styling as a way it's strange i think that you know i like Marek reichman a lot who, who's the uh chief designer the db12 was a great looking car you know and i think they probably this is like a heavy face but the interior the interior looks way better so yeah maybe we'll do an alternative take on this the exotic the list the the fantasy list yeah it's, it's nearly christmas uh... All right, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, appreciate it. Go to Edmunds.com, and uh, you can see pretty much everything that we've been talking about here over at Edmunds. And you guys can find us on social media. And if you want to see some of this stuff, we'll post the video up on YouTube as well. So jump on over to the CarCast channel. And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Until then, keep the air, the spare, and the bag of the week. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.